0: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Stephen Powell, the Chief Medical Officer at Care. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited to, uh, to chat. I, I think we should dive right into it. We like to keep these short and sweet, bite-sized pieces of audio and video. Uh, if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, uh, we'd all appreciate it.
1: Oh, sure. Um, I am an internist and a psychiatrist by training. I also did a um, residency in preventive medicine and a board certified in addiction medicine as well. I spent most of my years actually as an internist and a psychiatrist. And then I was the chief medical officer for one of the hospitals uh, in the Dartmouth system for about seven years before uh, you know joining this team. A question I like to ask a lot of the chief medical
0: officers that come on the podcast is, also, uh, what, what led you to want to go into that role? Right. Because I think that's where you start taking a lot of it, it's that mixture, right? Of you're dealing with the clinical, but now you're also dealing with some of the administrative headaches as well. And it, it takes a a really um well-rounded individual, right, to be able to, to take on both of those roles in a chief medical officer uh role. And I think a lot of people are interested in how they can get to that point too. So if you could share a couple tidbits on that, I know uh people sure. listening would be happy.
1: Yeah, I think for, for me, I mean, as an internist and a psychiatrist, I was used to working in the boundaries of uh, where two fields come together already. And then again, I spent most of uh, 13 years as an ER doc. So um, that woven in as well. I, I felt like I was always in that sort of middle ground. Um, so with that, it was the same for when I was in the hospital system. So uh, as a physician, I was always trained that, you know, in general, I can figure out what's going on and the decision is mine to make. And I'm responsible for making that sole decision. I also have a master's degree in health policy from Dartmouth. So in the in the business world and in the, in the um, education world, we're trained to do things as a team. These are team approaches. There's more than one right answer and everyone's opinions you know, can be valid and we come up with a group opinion. Those are very dichotomous views from a, from a position to an administrator. And so I always felt comfortable sort of merging that realm because I felt responsible and I understood the need for both. And so that led me into that field. So. Like most, you know, I started out becoming a medical director, um, really worked on multiple committees in the hospital, and eventually was in the right place for the right time um, so that I could work to improve healthcare, but also doing it from a physician's lens, which can only benefit really everyone in the whole process.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's really interesting role for me. And it, it really differs. It not, not like overly, but every person I speak to that's in that role, right? Whether that's a telehealth uh, company or they're working in a health system, there's many similarities, but it, no no one role is the same uh, within that chief Correct. medical yeah, officer. I
1: agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, Everyone has their own needs and specific niches. And whatever you think your job is today, it may not be that in six months. I mean, things change a lot in today's, uh, today's environment.
0: And I, I think part of that, too, is because you're, you're dealing with both the, uh, you have to worry about the clinical problems as well as administrative problems. And when you mesh those two together, things change even more uh, more rapidly than individual, right? When you're yeah. looking at just strictly clinical versus administrative problems.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So,
0: so thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I love asking that question to everyone in that chief medical officer role. What, what I'd like to talk a little bit more about today is we, we've had people from from on in the past. So I think people get have a good overview of Of what you're building over there what you're continuing Mm -hmm. to do and your massive growth over especially the last couple months can you talk us through though in in general telemedicine some of the challenges um that that you see
1: still with it today sure yeah i mean telemedicine has been an evolving field for Probably 15 years now, um, you know, give or take. Whenever you put the first starting date, my my initial experience was around 2011, the first time I did my my actual first telemedicine consult, and that's really progressed. Um, where it wasn't recognized as a clear modality, it is now recognized really as a clear modality. There were you know payer mismatches where it wasn't covered or certain services were covered, and there are a lot of variabilities um, in that process, and so. A lot of effort was done pre-pandemic to really educate people on what telemedicine was, what it could do, and when you could use it, what you couldn't use it for. So um, one of the things that come out of the pandemic is now everyone gets it. Everybody knows what telemedicine is. They understand it's a valid modality. They understand it can be used for anywhere from age two to 102. And so um, people get it now. So now we can focus really on the product that's delivered and the benefit of doing that. Um, a lot of the challenges have been if you're in a company that crosses state lines, you've got to understand regulations, um, and those are very difficult to do. Uh, oftentimes, the state and federal regulations on what you can and can't do in a particular field of medicine don't align, especially if you have controlled substances involved, where, um, where we don't prescribe opiates, but if it's a, a benzo or Ritalin or some other type of uh, psychiatric medicine that needs that. So um, it can be a complicated, complicated process. Add on that once COVID happened, many of the states or most states actually changed their existing rules and opened up the fields to let many people do many things, which is wonderful, but they could really quote bypass some of these regulations. A lot of those windows are starting to close. Some states have already closed over the past two to three months. Um, Other ones have postponed it for six months and many more just don't know what they're going to do yet. And so you really need a strong legal team that's watching these all the time to make sure that whether it's us or anyone else is following these regulatory guidelines and knows what they can, and can't do. Um, so they can keep themselves out of trouble and obviously, uh, you know, deliver the best patient care in the process.
0: So let's, let's piggyback on that answer a little bit. Can you talk us through now how Meta
1: is helping ease some of those challenges? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are certainly multiple, um, uh, regulatory, expectations that any provider or you know organization has to do so um for many telecare you know we we care for patients in nursing homes SNF facilities and they are they're held to many industry standards you know there's something called the F329 there are CMS standards there's um, what we call GDR dose reduction standards and so people have to be able to demonstrate at the facility that they are meeting those patients needs because these are required mandates and what we do is we actually use telemedicine to actually do exactly that um, to make sure we can deliver the patient care. We're doing it in a legal and ethical manner in whatever state or, or where they're located. The concept of telemedicine makes it easy where in the old days we would, you know, you'd stamp one person onto a geographic region and that was very, very, very difficult. Now we don't have to do that as much. So it allows us to meet those needs of the patients and we produce a lot of reporting mechanisms as well so that regulators, facilities, facility directors, you name it, can actually see the progress that the patients are making in that, you know, with those treatments.
0: It's certainly, it's certainly great that, uh, you and the team over at Metatelecare are, are helping ease some of those challenges. And, uh, based on, you know, conversations I've had with Ed and other members of the, the leadership team, uh, like yourself, everyone's super motivated to continue solving those type of problems and any problem that comes up in the process, which is, is super exciting to see, um, from someone who's obviously a fan. Can, can we shift, I guess, not not full focus but just a little focus onto something else i was curious about and obviously we're we're not out of the pandemic yet um it's uh depending on where you're at it's better in some areas it's worse in some areas but what i would like to, to cover a little bit is Can you talk about basically covid um like how does it affect psychiatric conditions
1: oh certainly i um I mean, without question there's a a large amount of uh, literature now that's, that that and I think we all know it's really clearly led to um blossoming of multiple psych- psychiatric diagnosis anxiety depression isolation um and for our elders and, and uh, nursing homes or other facilities it's just I mean it's devastating they've been really walled off from the people that they loved for a long time or even now I and mean, I can say my own father's in a um a locked facility um, due to a significant dementia and I've seen them maybe five times in person and 16 months and they're back on lockdown. So it is devastating to people, um, to me not to be able to, to see my loved one, but it's devastating to him because he doesn't understand why people aren't coming to see him. So um, people who would have already had mental illness are still having mental illness, but now we've piled, you know, to hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not mil- millions of other patients into the system who now need care and support, but the system really sometimes can't meet those needs. So systems such as telemedicine, whether it's through us or any other company can actually make those um, connections for patients and treat them where they wouldn't have had treatment before. It's interesting.
0: Like, like I had a relative that passed several years ago and I have to tell you, if it wasn't for family and friends visiting him, like mentally, I think he would have just checked out and given up. And I think there's a lot of people that have to be very strong, you know, during this time, right. Because they have to push through, not like, like your father, right. Not being able to see anyone. And, um, it definitely affects those people. Like some, that's really what a lot of people live for, right. When they're in, when yep. they're at a certain age and they, they want to see their loved ones come and see them. And the pandemic has taken that away from many people. Um, and it doesn't just affect the person that wants that, you know, that love and uh, attention because they're, they're not feeling too great. It's, it's also t- for you, right? Mentally for you, it, it stinks that you're not able to see your father as much as you would have if this pandemic wasn't a thing. So um, I, I think we always talk about the seriousness about um, people getting sick and it's spreading, but, um, and I still think we're talking more about it, like as a mental health, uh, as a component mm-hmm. of mental health now more than ever, but uh, it, it's not just the people that are, are sick that it affects. It's the people that are, are well and just want to see their loved ones.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: So um, it, it's it's great that, uh, you know, we thank you for for what you're building and what you're continuing to build at Meditella Care and for all the growth that you've experienced uh, during this time. And we know you'll continue to, to push down that right path. But but um, I, I really want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast today to talk about some of this. And for anyone that's interested in learning more about uh there's been past episodes where you go into some more detail on the core business and how things are currently operating today. Uh, but really appreciate you, uh, Dr. Powell, coming on and sharing your thoughts on a couple of different things. And hopefully we can have you on again real soon.
1: Great. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Thank you.